and rolling wild. Now I laugh about everything, so once I'm through something, I can talk about it. And you know I'll talk about anything with you. I love you. It's me, Romy Dames. Welcome back to Rolling Wild. This is part two of my chat with the amazing Romy Dames. I'm really excited for us to get back into this. So without further ado, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which, you've done a few characters that are more inspired by um, your Japanese um, culture and your Japanese ethnicity, right? I know you did Wayahime and uh, recently yeah. Wombie Bear Bears. So what's that like? Oh, it's really fun. I mean, basically in everything, I'm either playing my mom. <laughs> I took my mom talks like this and she is low and kind of growly every once in a while, you know, <laughs> or I'm playing like the, she calls it my, my racist Japanese character. Where, <laughs> Your mom does? Ah! Yeah, she totally does. Cause I didn't think it was racist at all. I thought it was just Japanese cartoon where, Konnichiwa! Uh, Hinomi desu, you know, like where I go up <laughs> yes. and she's like, she's like, that's a racist. And I'm like, uh, have you met your race? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's racist. And that's what you sound like. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> it's katakana girl, right? You just, it's, you speak katakana English. Katakana English. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So remember when we were out to sushi that one time, were you with us? We went to Octopus with Amy who plays Stella? Um, yes. And, um, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. You know. I, was, I was telling the audience. Who I know. That's what made me laugh. I was like, oh, wait, hold on. I, I forgot we weren't just talking. Right. We went out and she was like, I'm allergic to red snapper. How do I say red snapper? I remember this story. Yeah. And I was like, oh, just go red snapper. And they'll totally know what you're saying. And she was like, Romy, they're going to spit in my food. Yeah. And I was like, no, they won't. That's how they'll understand you. You have to use the accent. Otherwise, they don't know what you're saying. If you're like, toilet, they're like, what? If you're like, toilet, they're like, ah, oh, toilet, toilet. Hi, kochida. <laughs> Hi. Okay. For, for anyone listening, if it sounds racist, it's really not. No. You know, I studied abroad in Japan and I've been back and forth a lot. And it's true to to a certain degree if there are things if there's a word you don't know the japanese word for mm -hmm. as long as you try really hard to kind of put a katakana spin on it and, and pronounce it um in a very japanese way it does help them get most of the way there and i think they appreciate yeah. it a lot too they totally do like they're not like they're not offended they're just like oh that is helpful i understand what you're saying thank you for yeah. clarifying Right. Because it helps you hear certain sounds because just as human beings, your brain starts to edit out just for uh, for convenience and clarity and so that you can fit more stuff up in your hard drive. You start deleting the things that you don't use or don't need. And so, you know, when you're a baby, when you're like Dash's age, you can hear every single sound that every person makes. But right. depending on the people that are around you, you're family or just the sounds that you're hearing you start only saving the things that are in your language or that are going to be useful to you mm -hmm. so it starts becoming difficult to hear other sounds and yeah. doing that actually helps clarify things it's so funny because when I go in for Japanese roles now, they're like, oh, can you take down the Japanese accent a little bit? Because they're so worried about right. like being racist. And I'm like, you guys, this is authentic. I'm just like, I'm doing the katakana sound. It's right. 
not offensive, right. but no one, no one knows. And it's such a touchy thing lately with, you know, every ethnicity, not specifically Japanese. Right. Um, so they don't know. And to be safe, they want to bring everything down, which is why I love doing We Bear Bears because they did not make me bring it down. They were just like, it's authentic. You go for it. Right. And We Bear, we Bear Bears is so big in Japan that like, um, I think that really helped. They get it. Oh, and it's an Asian guy who is the creator. He's not Japanese, but he's Asian. So he's totally gets it, which is awesome. He wasn't worried. I think there is, especially if you're not connected to that culture in any way, there is a lot of fear that it'll come across as disrespectful or a caricature. Right. And I think it it doesn't leave space for something like this, which, you know, maybe it's not your natural accent, but um, if it's done with respect and if it's done with honesty towards that culture, that language, I think... I think it's and I think it's all about how you come into it, right? It has to be with that respect. And it's definitely an accent that you grew up hearing and that you are very familiar with. And I mean, you you grew up for the first part of your life in Japan. Yeah, exactly. And also for me, coming from like a comedy stance, I'm okay with caricatures. Like both Jared and I, our philosophy on this, Jared's my husband. I know you know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. I'm, thank you. <laughs> side note, side note. <laughs> we both feel like the question isn't, is it racist? The question should be, is it funny? Mm-hmm. And if it's funny and people laugh, then it doesn't come across as racist. Right. Usually, or at least, you know, it's excusable because it's hilarious. Who cares? You know, <laughs> um, if it's, you know, so inappropriate and not funny, then ooh, that's bad. Um, right. So it's, to me, it's just got to be funny. And um, I feel like that changes the more you get to know different cultures. So mm-hmm. like when people don't know a culture, you know, the most basic thing is funny, which is why when people didn't really know the Japanese culture, as we do now with YouTube and the internet, um, Mickey Rourke doing Breakfast at Tiffany's was hilarious. Um, and I oh, think Mickey that was- Mickey Rooney, darn it. I do that all the time. Uh, I'd like to say it's mom brain, but um, it's been my brain (laughs) this entire time. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I feel like um, as you get to know different cultures, it gets deeper and deeper. Like at first you're just like, they don't know their L's from their R's. And that's what's funny. And then as you get to know the culture, you know, Fred Armisen on Saturday Night Live playing the Japanese fanboy does the have you seen that one where he's like i have text is it like uru. japanese fun time now yeah japanese fun time now uru. like they just add the uru on top, uru. On top yeah. of everything right. which is hilarious to me because that is how an american would hear it and then in the future they'll be like oh that's racist and it goes deeper and deeper right um the more you get to know a culture and i think it's such a great way to get to know a culture through comedy because you point out those things like you you can't say Asians are bad drivers now, you, but you can say something like uh, Asians are all furries. And like, it's kind of funny because you're like, well, they, everyone is kind of like a cosplaying furry out in Harajuku, it seems like. <laughs> <laughs> but is it true? No, but um, that's what we're seeing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, right. I think a lot of it just is that people are scared to offend people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not scared to offend anyone because no one finds me offensive. <laughs> I think it's because <laughs> I think it has something to do with the fact that I'm small. I and think so. 
also because I'm half Asian, half Jewish, they're like, oh, we can't say she's offensive because it might be offensive that we say she's offensive right. because we, we don't really know about that culture. <laughs> so I, I think I get away with a lot that I probably shouldn't, but oh well. Operating in the gray area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. So when I was living in Japan and uh, my parents are both uh, Aikido black belts. Okay. Um, and I used to go to the Aikido studio with them mm-hmm. where they practice and everyone there totally made fun of my dad all the time for being a gaijin white guy. And I mean, they, if the situation had been flipped, it would not go over well in America now. But I mean, they would totally be like, ah, gaijin, niyoi desu ne. (laughs) (laughs) And they weren't even trying to hide it. They were just like, you're white. You got BO. (laughs) Um, and I just thought that was kind of hilarious when people are all like super worried. I'm like, oh, oh, well, we're we're talking about you, so, <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry about it. Yeah, you you go ahead and say what you want because we sure are. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So Jared, for the first like few years of our relationship, didn't realize when I was saying, hmm. Mm. I was speaking Japanese. Yeah, mm. yeah. frequently I'd go, mm. 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 Mm, mm. So, 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 so. Yeah, my mom used to get mad at when I Whenever I'd say, mm, my mom would go, eh, hi, hi, hi. Trying to, trying to get me to say hi instead of, mm. Be polite. Yeah. You know, I had the opposite. Um, this is a slightly a tangent, but just it's on topic with what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, when I first studied abroad, in Japan. I was in Tokyo for two weeks and I stayed with a host family. And, you know, you're coming off of, you learn the language very formally. And so you're very polite about it. And so I would say, hi, hi. And my um, host brother used to make fun of me um, <laughs> because of it. And he was like, just say, mm, like, you know, right, and, right. Uh, and my, my, my host parents too, they're just like, it's fine. Like, just mm, like, it's fine. You know? And then, you know, it's so great. Like, hi. And they would start laughing and they're like, it's okay. Like you're a part of the family. So be more right. casual. You don't have to be so elevated all the time. So it's funny <laughs> that your actual mother is like, no, say hi. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I need you to be more polite, Romy. Uh, it's so funny because she's not polite either. Like, she's probably. <laughs> oh my god! So my dad took her to like this film festival. Totally off topic, but kind of on topic. He took her to it's this about film, film in the states. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, afterwards, one of the actors came up to her who was in the film and was like, "Did you like it?" And she's like, "Ugh, it made me want to throw up." My dad's like, oh my God, there's no, no covering that. So he was just like, awkward. (laughs) My mom just says whatever comes to her mind. She like was taking pictures of me. She's a photographer and I was on a red carpet in Seattle and she went around me and was like stalking me all the way, like 360 degrees. And she goes, no angle where you look skinny. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, mom, you're horrible. <laughs> She's just honest with everyone. Like, if you want an honest opinion, ask my mom. There you go. And she gets there away with go. everything because she's little. Like, so for some reason, <laughs> it's hilarious. And so it runs in the it. family. Yeah. <laughs> we're scamps, I tell you. We're scamps. <laughs> 
So what do you think is the height threshold for where you, you stop getting away with things? Uh, five, two and a half. Okay. All right. So then clearly I just, I should just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Five, two and a half. But if you're that cute, you, you can get away with it. Okay. So, so there, there is wiggle room. And there's wiggle room also because you have those wide round eyes and everything you say <laughs> looks cute. You can get away with a lot. I don't know that anyone has ever said I have wide round eyes. Really? Really, really. Huh. You do. Well, there you go. I'm adding that to my bio. <laughs> do it. Put it <laughs> under special skills. Gets away with stuff. <laughs> wide yeah. round eyes. Totally. Special skills. Absolutely. Oh, I remember someone once put special skills flirt. And I was like, ooh, that's good. Special skills what? Flirt? Flirt. There you go. I can see that being in your special skills. <laughs> I didn't have it on mine, but I felt like I couldn't steal it. But uh, well, okay. Here's your your version would be would be flirtatious Muppet Princess. Oh, that's good. Okay, I'm gonna use it. Right. I think whenever they say like find your brand, I think like that we've nailed your brand. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Just on business cards. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm gonna. So. Reining this back in and getting us back on topic, mm-hmm. how do you feel about uh, about studying? You know, I know a lot of people say that it's great to be in acting class or or maybe doing theater. How do you feel about that or, or where, where do you lie on the spectrum of study, do it, learn what you need um, to and move on, be in class? You know, I'm not in class all the time, but I do go back. Um, I think it's really important just because... Um, it's important to be in things with people mm-hmm. as opposed to when you're doing voiceover all the time, you're in the booth by yourself right? so much, or I'm auditioning alone and you mm-hmm. start getting very um, into the timing of just whatever you're doing as opposed to the timing of how it is acting with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually do drop in on classes like at UCB, I'll do improv classes or, Um, and I watch a lot of television because that is research. I watch a lot of cartoons. I watch a lot of live action, a lot of comedy. Um, so that's part of my process too, is watching everything because you start seeing trends and voices. You start seeing trends in like, uh, actors. They're always saying, Mm -hmm. Oh, I want like a, this person type. And right. You have to know who that is and what they're referring to. Because if you watch that person in like uh, a live interview, you're not going to get the same person you see on whatever show that person's on. Like if they're saying, I want an Amy Poehler type and it's during the time of Parks and Rec, that's going to be different from Amy Poehler on, I don't know, Wet Hot American Summer or whatever. Right. So keeping up with trends is really important. Yeah, and identifying tone, I think, goes off of, yeah, of what you're saying. Absolutely. Because you have to know if it's um, you know, if it's a kid's show or if it's adult animation with any reverent tone or if it's satire or exactly. you know, is it is it Bojack Horseman or is it um Pokemon? You know, like there's a there's a wide variety of tone and you can't just go off of well it's animation. Yeah, I was shocked by how um Bojack Horseman y everything has gotten. Just yes. everything has gotten very real, just really low downplayed just what was that one on disney not adventure time you know the one about the mystery forest uh you know what i don't even know (laughs) 
<laughs> but, but like the regular show or whatever, just like everyone is speaking in kind of like their own voice. No one's even doing kid voices for kids. They're all just right talking in their normal voices. <laughs> just talking. Yep. Another thing I did want to talk to you about is on on this uh, on this show and in this series, we've talked about a few different things. Uh, recently, I talked about the importance of professionalism in VO and what that means in VO specifically. Um, also, things like dealing with personal mental roadblocks like imposter syndrome, which is something that I've had to work through. What kind of syndrome? Imposter syndrome. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Okay, so imposter syndrome, we'll do a quick review for everyone, is basically this idea that you are doing what you're doing or got the opportunity you're doing based on luck entirely and that there is no actual merit and that you're scared that someone is going to realize what they've done or that that is the case and uh, boot you off of whatever project you're working on. Like, you know, okay, I managed to skate by and get this thing. But what happens if they realize I don't know what I'm doing or or I'm not qualified to do this? Why am I here? So just kind of dealing with those monsters in your own head that are telling yeah. you that you can't do what you're doing and that people oh, are going to find out. I totally get that. And that's a huge thing, I think, with actors, especially because we are all imposters. Like that's our job is pretending <laughs> to do something. So, of course, we're all worried like. Are they going to catch us pretending? <laughs> right. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop always. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I totally get that. So, so how do you deal with that when you have that little voice in the back of your head that tells you, oh, I don't know, they're going to notice that that you don't know what you're doing? Zoloft. I have such bad clinical anxiety. Like it's, you know, from, from my Jewish side of the family, we all have... <laughs> like really, really bad anxiety, not just like, oh, I have a little social anxiety, but like I was in Best Buy one time and I got so lost in my own head and I screamed help. And then I realized what was going on and I pretended someone else had done it. And I was like looking around like, what? Who screamed for help? Who was that? Start doing a different voice. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, I have such bad anxiety. And now that now that I've started taking Zoloft, I'm a whole new person. Um, but it, for me, I really needed it. It's, uh, balanced me out. And so I still have anxiety and worries, but it's not quite so, um, it doesn't hurt me at my entire life anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. it used to be like, I would go home and for, hours or days after a session, I would remember something I said or did or not, or even quite not remember what I said or Mm -hmm. did and freak out because I'd replay it in my head. And I think, Oh my God, did I do it like this? Or did I do it like that? Or did I do it like this? And I think about the most horrible way I could have done it. And I was like, maybe that's how I did it And, and just have no idea. And you know, that's what would make me scream help. I would be like, oh, no, no, everyone hates me. Um, Just like in the middle of nowhere was always my fear. Everyone hates me. Everyone's mad at me. Um, So for me, it's hard to separate that anxiety from my actual clinical anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. But I know now that I'm on Zoloft, it's a lot better. I (laughs) like I still have the worry, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't hit me as much like 
maybe I'll worry during something, but then I'll go home and it's done and it's over and it's out of my mind and it's gone. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe I'm the wrong person to ask about this because for me, it's a clinical issue. (laughs) I don't, I don't think so. I think it brings up a great point because I don't think people realize how much, especially performers who you would think would be confident and outgoing and um, exuberant all the time, especially given the job description. You'd yeah. be surprised to know that so many performers do suffer with anxiety or um, or just, you know, those worries that crop up because you're in a session, you've already booked something, you have the job, and still you can't hear people on the other side of the glass and your first thought is, they hate what I'm doing. They're going to yeah. fire me. I shouldn't even be here. What am I doing? What was I thinking? Totally. Like, okay, so you actually knew me pre and post Zoloft. So when I started taking it, was because I, um, I'd gotten hired. It was for Waiahime. I went down to Comic-Con. They had hired me to go to Comic-Con, do a mm-hmm. panel. And then I was supposed to be at this party and they were paying me to do it and putting me up at this great hotel. And the night before I was trying to prepare for it and I had, you know, there's nothing to prepare for. So that was driving me crazy. Right. Like, I didn't know what to do. So I started getting really panicky and Jared was driving the car and he was about to park And so he was driving really slowly, but I started freaking out and panicking. And I was like mad at him about something. I don't even know what it wasn't him. It was just my anxiety. And I was like, let me out of the car. Let me out of the car. And he wouldn't. He was like, let me just park. Um, Don't be insane. And so I, I opened the door and I jumped out while he was driving because I was so worried everyone at Comic-Con was going to hate me. Yeah. So I jumped out of a moving car and (laughs) that's not easy I it, it looked a lot easier on like tv shows I and I was wearing hidden heels um, oh my goodness yeah and so I fell and I rolled and I hurt myself and I, I was fine it wasn't it wasn't bad he was going like you know four miles an hour but you know wearing hidden heels and not being a stunt performer and the car is still moving and the ground right. is not exactly and I so I rolled on the concrete and that was around the time when I was like huh maybe this is not normal anxiety so (laughs) that was kind of my last straw where I was like maybe maybe I do need help yeah and then I guess going from there once you actually sought out that help you know how how was the difference after that going to work or you know going to events and things so much better just so much better because I would still worry a little bit because that's normal, normal to worry, have social anxiety. Right. But it wasn't for as long before. And it definitely wasn't for as long afterwards. And I wouldn't wake up in the middle of the night panicking Right. that I'd ruined all my relationships and <laughs> that I defended everybody in the room. And so that was really helpful. And it freed me up to play. Yeah, exactly. Which was exactly. great. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of especially hard for me because my dad had anxiety so bad and depression that I saw him and I was like, okay, that's a person with anxiety and depression who needs clinical help. And, you know, I love my dad. He always talked about all of this through it. So he was always kind of like narrating it for me and I would understand it. Even from when I was really little, he would say, this is why I'm doing this. I can't stop. I can't stop the rage. I can't stop the depression, but I can tell you that it's not you. It's me. Um, and so I saw that. So I thought, okay, I'm not as bad as him. So I don't have a problem. 
So, which is why it took me forever to figure out that I did have a problem. Right. And I surrounded myself with really crazy, impulsive characters because next to them, like people who had drug addictions or alcohol addictions, next to people like that, I seemed really, you know, square, really normal. And then when I started dating Jared, who is like super steady, super on track, that's when I was like, oh, and I trusted him implicitly. So when Mm -hmm. I would see, okay, he can deal with all of this stuff and just, you know, not freak out and panic, I could see that I had problems. Um, And I trusted him to tell me, he was like, yeah, you know, this is not normal. If you don't want to live like this, you don't have to. Yeah. I mean, it's great that you had someone like that, that you could trust implicitly and was a great um, support system. Yeah, totally. Because uh, <laughs> my alcoholic drug addicted friends did try and tell me, but I was like, you're crazy. You're on drugs. <laughs> you're obviously drunk. I'm fine. Right? <laughs> I was like, I can't listen to you. Yeah, and that's and that's why, you know, I think it is important, even though you said I'm not the best person to ask. I think I think you're a great person to ask about this because one, you're crazy honest about this stuff. Two, you are one of the most amazing, resilient people that I know. And I think people what they know of you and what they see of you, they're like, oh, she's so bubbly, she's so confident, she's got it all together, like, you know, she's so much fun. And yeah. you are all of those things, but there's so much that you have had to deal with and overcome. And in spite of all of that stuff, you're still this amazing light in, you know, in our friend group and and to the people that know you. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I think, I think that's actually part of what makes me like that. I make a real effort because, um, I just really, it's so important to me that people around me are happy. Yeah. And not in a crazy way, like even post Zilloft, I really just want people to be happy. And if everyone around me is happy, I can be happy. It relaxes me. So it's totally selfish. (laughs) Right. But it's also part of being a performer, right? Because, you know, if you can get that laugh or you can get that reaction, you feel like you're doing something important, something special in someone else's life. Yes, exactly. You get it. Yeah, no, and there was this great, and and um, I'm going to share it with you because I think it's relevant, mm-hmm. but um, Stan Lee, uh, the amazing Stan Lee, mm-hmm. uh, I recently came across uh, a quote of his, and I shared it on Instagram, uh-huh. and he said, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to medical careers, and then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they might go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain, you're doing a good thing. Oh, I love that. I just got chills. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so true. Like, people cling to entertainment because it's the way that they understand their own emotions is by watching someone else experience theirs. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is actors and characters and stories, they help people feel and they help people resolve things. Absolutely. That they might not be able to resolve in their own lives. You know, you kind of you can vicariously experience that through someone else. And it is it's a release of sorts. Yeah. Like sometimes you need a good cry. So you watch the trailer for The Notebook. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, or you need to escape and you watch, you know, something fantastical. Like recently, Endgame came out, right? Like that was a big, massive thing with all these amazing characters. Right. Um, yeah. What's your go-to? What's your go-to feel-good movie? My go-to feel-good movie. Yeah, like when you're blue or you're sick or you just want to lay there and watch something comforting. What's your comfort movie? Um, I have I have a comfort show. I have a show that makes me laugh. Yeah. And um, which one? I love I love Lucy. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she is fabulous and amazing. I think the writing was snappy and witty and she was just perfect all the time. So yeah, I oh. still laugh. I have seen every episode multiple times and it still gets a laugh out of me every single time. Yeah, me too. She's just incredible. Yeah. And the relationship on that show is so cute. The whole thing, right? That the entire group they got together, it was, it was magic. Yeah. When they did it, it how they was. did it. It was, yeah. What's Absolutely. your go-to movie? Uh, House Sitter. It's okay. uh, Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn and Frank Oz directs it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Muppets. I love Frank Oz. Um, <laughs> and it's just so satisfying and happy for me to watch. I've seen it probably like 50 times. Every time I'm sick, it's House Sitter. Yeah. It used to be Legally Blonde. That's a good one, too. Um, yeah, and before That's that, great it was one. Clueless. Love those. Well, then I guess going off of that, what? yeah, what are those things that that feed your your spirit or like your emotional self and in those moments when when you do feel maybe tired or frustrated or anxious what are those things that um that for you kind of feed that 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 spiritual and emotional side of you um definitely my relationships my mm-hmm. family most important thing in the world um and then art like any kind of getting it out emotional art, whether it's comedy or writing or watching something or creating or indulging in it. Yeah. Do you yeah. think you'd ever um, want to do like a stand-up, a stand-up show? You know, yes. I totally think I might. I'm, I, I'm right on the verge of probably doing that soon. Because it just, it for me, it feels so right for Romy. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like such a, like a, yeah. So, I mean, if that ever happens, I, yeah, I'm excited for that. Thank you. <laughs> it's going to be with Jared. It'll have to be because I'm not me without him. I, I don't know um, if, uh, if, I mean, I'll try to put links and everything uh, where I can find them. But for the longest time you had um, your Romy and Jared blog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was uh, days and days of enjoyment for me. Um, oh, that makes me so happy. I know when you would respond, I was like, yay! <laughs> I loved that. And Cameron loved that, too. Um, we always used to read them. We'd talk about them. We thought they were awesome. And he always made the point. He's like, Romy and Jared should have a show. Like, they should have a show. This is, you know, this is good we've stuff. Planned, we've planned so many iterations of that show. And someday we will make it happen for sure. See, like, now you can be Ricky, Lucy, and Little Ricky, because you have Dash. Yeah! Oh my god, you're right. You know what? I don't even know if that... I don't even know if you can link to that blog, because I'm not sure if it's up anymore. I haven't written in so long on that. If it's up, we'll put a link in the show notes for everyone to check that out. 
If it's but... up, will you tell me? <laughs> because I don't want to. <laughs> I'll text you. Okay. <laughs> if you could go back and give <laughs> young Hiromi-chan, starting out as an actor, some advice, mm-hmm. any advice, it doesn't even have to be related to acting, but if you could go back and give younger you any advice at any point, what would you say to yourself? Two things. One, go to Hollywood first. Yeah, dummy. <laughs> uh, okay. And the other thing is play your age. I wanted to be grown up so badly that I was always trying to be older than I was. Like mm-hmm. I was always, cause I looked so young for my age that everyone always just assumed that I was younger and it frustrated me because I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be sexy. I wanted to be that person. And I wasn't, I was nerdy and younger and I should have worked that angle because it was so much more natural to me. Um, And not like I couldn't play other roles, but I needed to work it from that angle. And I wish I had done that back then Cause now I love playing younger. Um, yeah. and that was something I just refused to do. I wanted to wear the makeup. I wanted to wear the older looking outfits and I should have just gone with what I had. Um, because that was a real niche that I should have been filling. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Romy. I really appreciate you being on. I can't thank you enough for being so open and so honest. I know that that's actually going to be so helpful and so inspiring for a lot of people because it's not something that's easy to admit to yourself, let alone anyone else. Yeah. uh, Now it is. Now I laugh about everything, so... Once I'm through something, I can talk about it. And you know I'll talk about anything with you. I love you. (laughs) I love you, too. But so for the people out there, yeah, that that haven't gotten to that point and can't talk about it, you know, I think this is that same thing of, you know, through through someone else, you can a lot of times resolve those things or start to look at those things. And I think that's a beautiful thing about what actors do. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, enjoy Dash. For anyone that wants to enjoy Romy's little kaiju as well, she's always posting Hi, pictures kaiju. on Instagram and Twitter. So I will be linking all of her social media accounts in uh, the show notes for this episode at alejandrareynoso.com slash rollingwild. Perfect. Love you. All right. Love you. Thank you so much. Of course. Talk to you soon. We'll call this one episode 111. Some Acting Tea with Romy Dames Part 2, Culture, Comedy, and Anxiety.